Hello, it's Joe Taylor here, host of the All Terrain podcast. I just wanted to drop in with a quick note to let you know that this episode is a part of a series that we recorded live at the Edinburgh Fringe. It means as well as having the guest there in person, there was also an audience listening into the chat. So you'll hear a little bit of engagement and interaction with them through the conversation. It was an incredible privilege to be at the Fringe this summer to have these conversations with some truly excellent guests. So with that shared with you, um, we'll get to these episodes and I hope you enjoy them just as much as I did. So hello and welcome to the All Terrain podcast brought to you by the Children and Youth Department of the Salvation Army in the United Kingdom and Ireland. I'm Jo Taylor and in each episode I'll be inviting a guest to take a hypothetical hike with me as we find out about their real life journey to this point. Along the way they'll make four choices and answer four questions. In this episode our guest is Major Janet Robson and um, Janet is the divisional leader for the Central and Southern Scotland Division. That's right. We can say factually and indisputably the greatest divisional leader that Central and Southern Scotland has ever had, <laughs> which will come <laughs> as no surprise if you, to those of you who know Janet. Our paths have crossed a few times as Janet has um, served as an officer in the Salvation Army. We first met on the training college when you were a cadet and I was not, um, I wasn't old enough. Um, our paths have crossed again when you've served as a divisional youth officer and many different, oh, and again as candidates officer yeah. and many um, appointments in between that. And I'm really excited that you're here to have this conversation with me. I do. And so we can gain some wisdom from your experience and your thoughts on these questions. We ask every guest to make four choices and answer four questions as we travel together on a hypothetical hike. And the most important decision to be made when you go for a walk and the first decision to make is where we're going to be walking. So... Janet, can you tell me where we're walking today? I was really torn. Um, I've had some very nice holidays in Pembrokeshire, walking the coastal path in Pembrokeshire in West Wales. Um, living in Scotland, um, sport for choice with uh, lovely places to walk. But I've actually landed on Holy Island in Northumberland. Um, I'm from the northeast of England, so um, I, I love that area of the, of the country. Um, but I just think there's something really special about mm. Holy Island. I um, I was privileged to have a sabbatical a couple of years ago. And as part of that, um, I spent one day on Holy Island. My sister was out on holiday with her family. I uh, took my dad up for the day. And I can remember driving. You've got to watch the um, tide times if you're going to go to Holy Island. Mm. So I can remember driving across the causeway. And it felt a bit like, can you remember when we had 24-7 um, prayer years ago, the territory and the Salvation Army, we did a year of prayer. And going into a prayer room during that year, there was just a real kind of heavy sense of the presence of God. Yeah. And driving over the causeway that day, yeah. I remember feeling, I feel like I'm driving into a prayer room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going, we're going for a nice walk around Holy Island. I'm thrilled. It's one of my favourite places in the world. Um, I'm also from the northeast, 
So it's not as easy to tell from my accent. I was just about to from yours. Your accent mellowed. It has almost gone, I would say. Though, when I learned to talk, it was with such a broad Geordie accent, my mum and dad didn't understand a word I was saying. <laughs> um, and so your next choice, we know where we're walking now. Yeah. One of your favourite places, one of my favourite places. So next you can choose who is coming with us. You can bring three fellow travellers. Okay. I say three like that because I know that Janet has used a loophole. Um, but three fellow travellers, one living, one dead and one fictional. So who's coming with us, Janet? Well, I, I do listen to the All to Win podcast and um, some of the previous people who've taken part have bent the rules a little bit. So mm-hmm. I've been inspired by them. So I'm going to bend the rules a little bit. And I've allowed it. So I've, I've made this rod very kind of you. And I have to live with it. have one male <laughs> living and one female living. Um, and my female living person who's going to come on this walk with me is my friend, Julian uh, Jackson. Um, Julian's a Salvation Army officer. Um, we were in training to become officers together uh, a long time ago. And in fact, I was thinking in September, it'll be 30 years since we met, wow. which is a little bit scary. But I've, I've known Julian for 30 years. Um, she, we've... We come from very different backgrounds. Julian grew up in the 70s in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. Mm. I didn't. I grew up in the northeast of England mm-hmm. in the 70s. And we, we've just been friends for, for that time. And um, yeah, I love her dearly. But she's, I describe her as one of my heroes as well. She's a dear friend, but she's, she's definitely one of my heroes. So she's coming on the walk with us. Great. Um, my living person, the, the male person, is another Salvation Army officer, Phil Garnham, who's a retired Salvation Army officer. And when I was a cadet, when I was trained to become a Salvation Army officer, he was my doctrine teacher. And um, for the, you, when you're trained to become an officer, you, you're there for two years. And in the first year of my training, he, um, we, we pretty much had doctrine every, every morning, um, every day began with um, doctrine with Phil Garnham. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And um, Phil, Phil just created space for us to think together, to ask questions together, to unpick stuff together, to disagree with each other and, and somehow to hold that space mm. beautifully yeah. and humbly and just letting people think freely. Yeah. Um, with with some wisdom and guidance thrown in, yeah. Um, as and when it was necessary. Um, just fantastic man. Um, yeah. I, I I love I love any opportunity to hear him speak. Um, I was at some training earlier this year, um, and Phil came in and did a morning with us, and he was speaking about the kingdom of Jesus in the first century and the kingdom of Jesus in the twenty first century, and he was just really challenging us to think through. Mm. what that means and what that looks like and he, he, he just inspires me yeah. and I think the truth is him and Julian can help me answer the questions that you're about to ask me as well yeah. so yeah Phil's coming on the walk I think there'll be lots of people um, who are connected with the Salvation Army who are listening to this who will be nodding along like delighted with your choices and I absolutely agree that the wisdom that they will yeah. be able to share on this walk would be would be truly excellent and now you're um are dead companions. Yeah, well, I've cheated again. I've gone for one male, one female. And um, my female person is Rosa Parks, African-American civil rights activist. 
I don't know the full story of her life, but what I do know mm. inspires me and challenges me in equal measure. Mm. And I'd, I'd love to talk to her about, about all of her life, but particularly about that one moment in her life that she's most famous for, yeah. just sitting on a bus in 1955 yeah. and refusing to move. Yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with her about what that felt like and, and what, what, what changed for her that day that meant that in that moment she, something snapped and changed and, and she refused to accept what was she was supposed to accept. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Rosa Parks. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. And your other? Uh, the Apostle Paul. Mm. Um, again, I think it'd help with uh, the questions you're about to ask. I think I'd just, I'd lo- I mean, his New Testament letters, I'd love mm. to chat through some of those with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, there, there are certain sections that sometimes kind of get wheeled out and, mm-hmm. and, and used in certain ways to kind of argue for or against certain things. Yeah. And I just think it would be really interesting to speak to the author yeah. and ask him. Yeah, I really agree there. Yeah. And I think another really excellent combination as well. I can imagine Rosa having some questions for Paul as well. I think Gillian would as well. Yeah, I think Gillian would too. That would be a fun walk. It would be a great walk. That would be excellent. And bringing a little bit more fun is is your fictional choice. My fictional choice was much easier in a way. And and again, listening to some of the previous podcasts, people kind of really kind of wise, kind of, you know, Gandalf or, you know, kind of people like that. But I've actually gone for Kermit the Frog. This is a first for the podcast. Well, (laughs) as, as a kid growing up, I absolutely loved The Muppet Show. Yeah. Loved it. Um, Kermit made me laugh then. And being truthful, he still can make me laugh. Um, and, but he's quite thoughtful as well. When you, you know, it, it can be, it can come out with some quite wise and insightful comments. Yeah. So I think... Have you got any examples of those? Oh, well, <laughs> I think if you watch The Muppet Christmas Carol... Okay. There's some, you know, the wisdom of Kermit on there. I think there's some nice little... But I, I can't... Okay. I can't pull one out of my head just now. So that's why you can all Google Kermit. The wisdom, of Kermit the, the wisdom of Kermit the Frog. I bet inspired. if you Google that, I bet you something will come up. Okay. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kermit. Excellent. Well, they're really, really good choices. I'm excited about the wisdom that will be brought, the fun that will be brought. They've got a real, I think, a combination of out loud thinkers and reflective thinkers. I think it's an Excellent combination. I do need to say one more thing about the walk, though. Okay. If anyone who knows Gillian Jackson knows that it'll not be a kind of little meander. It'll be... Oh, is she a, a rude marcher? Pace. Okay. Pace. So we're going for a... A brisk walk. A brisk walk around Holy Island. Okay. That's fine. You can see more that way. So it's good. And we have some moments of rest built into our walk. Excellent. That we'll come to as we continue with our conversation. Okay. So that'll be really good. So all of those... Um, choices of I think given us a little insight into who you are and what makes you tick Mm. but before we go into our questions um, for those that aren't entirely sure what being a divisional leader in the Salvation Army looks like what that is (laughs) (laughs) um, you know or we want to know a little bit more about the everyday of Janet Robson what what does your everyday life look like normally Normally, okay, I, I am in a new role, mm-hmm. so 
haven't quite landed on normal yet. It's it's kind of um, a new season for me. So every, there's a sense in which that's all very new. Yeah. Time of learning uh, and listening. So at the moment, um, I'm I'm kind of helping to bring together two teams um, from what was two different DHQs. Uh, we've mm-hmm. come together as one team. Fantastic team of people. Really blessed with great people around me. But that's kind of all new and forming. So kind of spending time with those people and also um, trying to spend some time out and about across central and southern Scotland and starting to get to know some of the people who I don't know so well. I have lived here before. I've lived in Edinburgh before. Um, so I, there are some people in, in, in the division that I know well and there are others that I haven't really had chance to get to know so well. So, yeah, lots of relationship forming in these early days. Excellent. Maybe we should invite you back in a year and then you can tell us what. Yeah, I'll tell you what division <laughs> actually supposed to do. I need a bit more time to answer that question. So we ask all of our guests the same four questions. And the first one is this. How do you face change? Good question. Um, I'm smiling, Joe, because as I've been thinking about these questions, I think this could be the shortest pod- podcast ever because there's a sense in which... I think my answer to each of the questions is essentially going to be the same. It's going to be with God and with other people. Yeah. Um, but how do I face change? I think that truthfully, it depends on the nature of the change. Yeah. Um, I know I always face it with God and with other people around me. Um, I've already said I'm in the middle of a big season of change right now, right now, and I'm trying to face it step by step. Mm. Um, I think the order I'm getting. There's a sense in which the simpler my faith is becoming um, in as much as I either trust God or I don't. Yeah. So if I do, if I do trust him, then I, then I have to live with, with a kind of posture of trusting in God. And, and I know that sounds really easy to say. And the challenge is uh, living it out in the day-to-day stuff of life. Um, I think I face change by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, that kind of internal commentary, that, that constant conversation. Yeah. Um, the Holy Spirit, Spirit bringing a different perspective to my thinking, sometimes calming me down, sometimes stirring me up, sometimes pointing things out to me, um, reminding me of things that I know to be true about who God is, um, bringing people to mind. I think I face change by leaning in and listening to, to the rhythm of God's love um, again, I, I know that sounds really simple, but I, I'm thinking of Psalm 136, okay. that we'll give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. And then you get this great story in Psalm 136, all these different things that happen and, and just that rhythm through it all of God's enduring love for us. So I think for me, I'm kind of learning that whatever's going on, whatever change whatever changes are happening, because they're always happening. Yeah. It's really leaning into yeah. the eternal stuff that his love, no matter what, endures forever. Yeah. Um, so that, you've talked about tuning in and leaning in. Mm. What, what, how do you do that? What does that look like? Like tuning into a radio, you, you turn the dial, like leaning in on a conversation, you can move yourself forward, but... In that relationship with God, what does it look like for you? What are the practices that help you tune in and lean in? Um, for me, music 
is is a, a music worship songs are a massive kind of part of the rhythm of of those to, in response to what you've just asked me um and and I got you know throughout in some of the other questions I'm aware that I'm probably going to quote some songs and stuff that that speak to me but I think it it's the remembering stuff yeah that, that Script, it's peppered throughout scripture, isn't it? This, this, when God says to us, remember, remember, remember. And it's, it's really, again, leaning into that and thinking, ah, right, okay. So you want me to remember that your love endures forever. You want me to remember that you are with me always. Mm. You, this, the, these kind of headline promises that we know, we can, we can reel them off. Yeah. In the day to day stuff of life, whether it's something that's, a day that's going really well or something that's really challenging, kind of remembering in those moments the depth of those truths and, and how that shapes the way that I am able to respond to whatever's going on around me. Mm. I really like that you talked about music there because we often that's often something that comes up with one of the later questions in this like, little run of questions. And it's not one that often comes up in this state. Right. But... I think you're really right. And I'm just thinking about a moment that I had traveling here today. I came the scenic route. My sister and I have been talking about how our favorite song is one of our well, not song favorite pieces of music. The core song is um, a song called Shine On Us, mm. um, which doesn't exist as a vocal recording anywhere that you can just find. So we've both been trying to find a version of it that we can listen to. And she found one on YouTube today that didn't have anything other than the song. And there was a stretch of journey as I drove through the hills where I didn't need my sat-nav. So I played the song and I was quite nervous driving here today for these podcasts. Yeah. I think we've both been a little yeah. nervous leading up to today. Yeah. And felt the presence of God so tangibly in a way that I hadn't with all the other music that I love that I'd been listening to. And I don't, I tend to turn to music in moments of like joy and celebration, but that was an entirely different moment and one that I don't think of often. Right. And I love that you had that, that experience. That was today, that was earlier today. Yeah, was today. Yeah. I, I, I can't begin to describe the ways in which music has shaped, shaped my whole relationship with God in, 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 in as much as those kind of moments that you've just just described where a particular song mm. at a particular point in your life just seems to speak really profoundly and deeply. Yeah. Um, you, you'll, you'll hear it throughout, you know, yeah. what I'm going to, how I'm going to respond to some of the other questions you're going to ask me, just the, yeah. the way in which song lyrics just seem to capture something yeah. profound for me. And it's a really helpful reminder that that's one of the practices that we can use for that tuning in, for that leaning in. Yeah. I've got a, um, a digital piano at home. I, I was sent to piano lessons as a kid and I probably at times didn't really appreciate it. <laughs> but boy, do I now because yeah. I, I use, I mean, it's, it's handy to be able to do that. You know, if, you, if I'm leading a service somewhere yeah. and there's no one to play the piano, it's handy to be able to do that myself. But um, the thing that I really appreciate the most about that is the way that I use that in my own part of my own kind of spiritual practices. Yeah. I'll, I'll sit and I'll play. And again, just this kind of internal commentary with the Holy Spirit just talking to me and a, a song 
yeah, song will come to mind. I'll play that one. Then, uh, you know, and I'll just, God just takes me on a journey and into different songs and different themes. And I can't, I can't imagine my life, um, what my life would look like without that. Yeah. And so you said that we'll hear some kind of common themes as we go through the questions. So as we move on to question two, this, like how are those themes repeated or what, what new would you bring to the conversation? Um, with regards to this, um, Janet, how do you move through suffering? It's such an emotive word, isn't it? Yeah. I was thinking about it this morning. It's really humbling and I'm, I'm glad that the question is how do I move through suffering? Hmm. Because I think of a teenage girl in Afghanistan. Yeah. I think of a little boy in Yemen. Mm. I think of someone who's desperate enough to put their kids in a dinghy mm. and, and set sail. And I can't imagine what's, how they would answer that question. So I'm glad that you're not asking me to. Yeah. Um, I can only speak from my own experience of, of, of that kind of my response to that question. And I think for me, my, the most personal experience of suffering has been to watch my mum uh, have dementia, mm. uh, living with dementia, and to try and support her and my dad and my brother and my sister through that. My mum was promoted to glory, good old Salvation Army phrase, which I love in uh, December 2020. And in the five years or so before, before that, we journeyed with my mum as she lived with dementia. And um, I remember early on in, or oh, about 2017, um, we, we hadn't yet had a formal diagnosis. We, we kind of, we knew what was happening. And I was very aware that I knew very little about dementia, so I wanted to kind of prepare myself and, and as best I could for whatever was coming our way. And um, our older people's ministries department in the Salvation Army put me in touch with a woman who had moved in and lived with her mother who was living with dementia for the last few years of her life. Um, I'd never met this woman before, she didn't know me, um, but she very graciously um, came and met with me in my home. I was living in London at the time um, in Camberwell I cooked a meal for her and um, we just had a conversation together and she let me ask a whole bunch of questions. I look back on it now and I think, how random is that? This, this complete stranger graciously came to my house and just let me pick her heart and her, she let me pick her soul as well. She, yeah. she was so, so honest with me. And I look back now and I just think what a holy sacred gift yeah. That was to me. I was I was just keen to listen and learn and prepare myself spiritually for accompanying my mum and my family in in the best way that I could. And um, so that that's kind of how how do I move through suffering? Um, that's that's the whole with others, you know. She was such a gift to me. She said lots of really powerful things to me, but I think the one thing that really really stuck. She kind of encouraged me and challenged me to look for God and pay attention to his presence with us and um, with and in my mum. She, re- she challenged me, she said, do, she's like, do not think that, that God is, has, has kind of, is leaving your mother. Yeah. And, and I know that theologically, yeah. but to be challenged to, to look for God it was really powerful, but I took it to heart and I really tried to pay attention yeah. to that. So the, the outcome of that is that I did. Yeah. I, I, there were so many, so many moments where 
I was just really aware of Christ in the midst of us, in the midst of the mess and the confusion and the pain and the heartbreak, because it is all, it's all of that stuff. It was okay because Jesus was with us. And I know that sounds really, really cheesy, but in those moments, the, the, the strength that that gives and the peace that that gives is just amazing. Um, yeah. I love that you were able to find someone who was able to walk that specific mm. part of your journey with you. Mm. And again, like, I think we all know that how the importance of relationship in times of pain and suffering, but that you were able to identify a need for some kind of expertise and some yeah. additional wisdom yeah. into that situation, yeah. who was able to walk that particular path with you. Sounds like it was really important. It was. It really was. I'm just thinking of other times when God just really spoke to me in in that in that in those moments. Um, kind of fast forward to 2018. I can remember the day um, we got the formal diagnosis mm. for my mum, Alzheimer's with vascular dementia. And um, I'd been in the office during the day in the candidates unit. Um, came home, chatted to my family, some friends and stuff, and then I just sat at my piano for about an hour and played a whole bunch of different um, songs through. But I landed on, um, I was using a, it was actually, it wasn't a, uh, I was using a Nazarene hymn book that a friend had given me. Um, and and in this hymn book, there were the hymns obviously, but there were mm -hmm. prayers and verses of scripture yeah. kind of peppered throughout the, the book. And um, I landed on an old song, Will Your Anchor Hold? Okay, yeah. And the storms of life. And, and the verse that went with it was uh, Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, for them to cure. So I, I was playing, playing through that song, looking at the words. And, and Jesus just said to me, Janet, let me be your anchor. Yeah. This invitation to... It was, you know, it was, a, it was, as if, it was as if he was saying, "You can do this on your own if you want to. Mm. Go ahead, but don't." I'd encourage you not to. <laughs> let, let, let me be your anchor. And that song just really spoke to me because this, this, it felt like a storm at, at times. Seeing my mom suffering, but to have this, this deep assurance of again, just, just holding on, be like, yeah. Jesus as my anchor yeah. throughout all of that was just amazing and continues to be. And if you come to my house now, I've got a bit of an obsession with anchors. So if there's, <laughs> I think I've got pretty much an anchor in every room, like a little oh, ornament or a picture. Not, not, not an actual, actual anchor. anchor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about like... I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> no, I, no, I'd love one, but they're rather heavy, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> You've said it on the podcast now. Who knows? Someone might be able to <laughs> source one for you. I know, some, I know some of the podcasts that I listen to. I mean, to be fair, they're probably past podcasts that have a few more listeners than I do. But like they mention things on the podcast and then they get sent the things. <laughs> so they'll be like, oh, yeah, I really love. Um, Banoffee pie. Banoffee pie. Okay. Or like my, my current thing would be um, Ritz crackers. And then they'll just like get them in the post. So maybe there is someone out there just ready 
with a big and then I'll have to say like for future episodes that we're sponsored by anchors some shipping company (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. maybe one day yeah but it's it's just such a rich theme and I think it spoke to me on so many levels but I think one of the things it did was kind of call me because when you think in in a storm the, the anchor it's really calm isn't it in the deep water and it just was like God was just calling me into this deep place with him yeah where I could be safe and secure yeah and it is easy to dismiss language like that as like you said it sounds cheesy but it isn't is it when that's your lived experience of being in pain and knowing that you are held (laughs) that's the word yeah and you've articulated that in such a real and powerful way that it moves far beyond the kind of things that you here or would get on a motivational poster because it's that real feeling of being held. Mm. We get to make another choice now. Okay. It's clear that you will have opinions on this because of everything that you've already shared. Um, But if Gillian Jackson has marched us so hard... She's not picking the music. ...that we can no longer sustain a conversation... Oh, we definitely need to have a rest. We will need to... Just have a little rest mm-hmm. or listen to something as we walk so we can catch our breath. Okay. What are we going to listen to as we hike? Oh, a whole bunch of different pieces of music. Mm-hmm. So we need a long break because Julian's worn us out, so we need to sit down <laughs> for a while. I love, I love 70s and 80s music. I love class, you know, some classical music, but I think the music I listen to most is worship music. Mm-hmm. Um but I, li- I like, you know, some classics like I love John Rutter's stuff. John Taverner, if I'm in the mood, I love a bit of John Taverner. I love Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Salvation, some Salvation Army music just is glorious. Um, at the moment, I'm listening to a lot of Charity Gale, an American worship leader. Yeah. Yeah, a whole bunch of different things. So I've had a chance to listen to all of these things. Okay. Because I created an all-terrain podcast, Janet Robson Playlist on Spotify. <laughs> scary. Um, which I listen to for part of my journey. Um, some excellent choices there. Would like to say well done on those. That was really good. So I, so I like it when I find someone on Spotify who I like their playlists because then I just... Steal it. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's what I do. And then they'll update it and I'll be like, ah, that's another great song. So we can move on to our third question now. Mm-hmm. And it is this, how do you receive joy? With God and others. <laughs> yeah, that's my answer. Um, in service, and that, but I think I, I'll say a bit more about that when you ask me the, the last question. How do I receive joy? I think on a deeply personal level, I experience joy. I find it in kind of the whole um, Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs thing. And I do, and, and I know it's a recurring theme, but... Um, music and song just speak to me you know I'm, I was kind of thinking not in a kind of Julie Andrews or oh, let's sing a really happy song now kind of way but in a in those moments when what, whatever's going on um, even if I'm facing something that feels really tough and challenging and painful um, God just draws near and reminds me of a truth the truth <laughs> about who he is and it and that gives me joy and gives me strength um I was thinking about how there's joy in lament, or at least I think how lament sometimes drives us towards joy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to quote a really old 
an old song. When when I was I, I grew up in the Salvation Army, and mm. and when I was a kid, I can remember sometimes in the, in the, they, they'd have like a morning meeting and a nighttime meeting, and uh, mm. in the nighttime meeting, that quite often there'd be a testimony time. Yeah, and I can remember as a kid thinking, um, you know, some some of the kind of old saints in the in the Salvation Army Corps, the Salvation Army Church that I went to, you know, they'd stand up and quite often they'd quote a, a song from yeah. a song, the Salvation Army yeah. songbook. And I think as a kid, it used to confuse me a bit because I used to think they talk about the songbook more than they talk about the Bible. And I was like, I didn't get that. And I think now I've kind of turned into one of those <laughs> old salvationists. Um, and, it, and I understand now that it, it was their prayer book. Yeah. And, and they'd quote those songs because, well, for all the reasons that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say as we talk together, that, that these, these songs help, help us connect deeply with who God is and who we are in him. So the whole joy thing, there's an old song that the chorus is wonderful, wonderful Jesus in the heart he implanteth a song. It's old language. But I think I find joy by listening for the song. Whatever's going on, yeah. um, and and again, just paying attention to to the lyrics yeah. and the truths, what it teaches me, what it calls me to, yeah. And it, it it definitely it changes my perspective as I as I tune in and listen, yeah, to the song. I I really love that, and I think, get yeah, similarly, growing up in the Salvation Army with your evening meeting and your testimony time and reading songs from the songbook. And having that moment of going, well, why exactly like you? Oh, some, but it's like they know it better than the, the Bible. And, yeah. and I think that uh, saying that it's like a, a prayer book is, is really helpful. One of the things I've been reflecting on is some stuff that actually it was my sister that shared after the death of Sinead O'Connor. Mm -hmm. And it was around her role as something that, Lucy, my sister, described as a healer poet. This is what she says. The healer poet alchemizes her own pain and struggle into gold. For all of us, the great work is to carve a path for our whole integrated selves to be seen and heard. In doing so, we give permission for others to approve of themselves just as they are. The healer poet goes further explicitly using her gifts to call into existence solidarity where there is none, vision where we are blind, love where there is hate. And that's what's happening, isn't it? When we share, like as you shared those words from those songs, you're sharing words from those healer poets yes, who yeah. call us on to something transformational. Yeah. Something oh, shifts. Actual tingles, something thinking of the power of those words. And I think what what I love is that, and God, God, one of the many things I love about God is, you know, and I look in this room, God speaks to us in different ways, doesn't he? Mm. And that's part of the like tapestry of yeah, how amazing and diverse and incredible he is. But for me, it's definitely through songs. Mm. So a, a day, literally a day does not go by without some song kind of being the commentary that, yeah. that kind of emerges yeah. as I reflect on the day and how it's gone and whatever kind of themes or feelings yeah. are kind of floating around my heart. Yeah. And God has done that on purpose, hasn't he? He's created those people and put those gifts in those people and that wisdom and their ability to articulate something deep and maybe complicated in a way that becomes 
accessible but also memorable mm -hmm. because of the music that I don't know how many song lyrics are in my head. Far more than I need. That is the thing that I'm at. There is definitely useful information that does not exist in my brain because there are song lyrics from primarily 1990s yeah. pop. Well, for me, 1970. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that combination of like profound, accessible, and memorable that exists in music mm. is really helpful. Mm. I, I could I could talk to you all day about different songs. Can I tell you one more story about yeah. impact of a song? In one of my previous appointments um, as an officer, I had the privilege of doing some international travel with mm -hmm. the Salvation Army, and I went to um, Kenya, uh, to Kenya West, uh, the um, one of the territories, uh, massive massive territory in Africa. I'd I'd been to um, it was I was there to to attend. The, they were having like a big youth youth rally, a youth gathering. And, and after that event, um, I went to a Sunday morning meeting mm -hmm. at, a, at a core. Before the meeting started, um, they had a march around, around the community, which was amazing. But just before the meeting, most of the people went into the hall um, to, get, you know, to get ready for the meeting to start. And then there was about 30 of us outside. And they kind of formed up as if like, like a band would form up, like in, in rows. And I was like, oh, what, what's going to happen now? You know, it was like, I didn't know, you know, so I was kind of put somewhere in this, in this like little formation. And then they started singing, um, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. It was, the, you know, from Kids Praise. Yeah, yeah. But they sang it really slowly okay. with amazing harmonies yeah. and just walked really slowly into the, the Salvation Army Hall where the worship was yeah. about to start. Well, that was the worship starting. And as I... I can remember walking in and listening to that. And that happens to be my favorite Bible verse. Yeah. If I had to pick one, I would say it's that verse, you know, that, that we should be called children of God. So I'm walking into this Salvation Army and apart from one person who'd taken me there, I didn't know anyone else in that, in that room. There's about 400 people there. And it was as if God was saying, Janet, behold, yeah. what manner of love I give to you and everyone else here that you together are a family and I felt I felt just this amazing sense of joy and belonging yeah with a group of people I'd never met before in my life yeah and uh, for me that's just the power of, of of music and God speaking to us through it absolutely guaranteed I'm going to be singing that the whole way home now yeah. it's taking kids praise. all of my willpower not to sing it now <laughs> thank you we're going to move on to our final choice now. Okay. And this is my favourite bit about doing a live version okay. of the podcast. Yeah. Because the final choice, serious walking, serious talking, mm -hmm. a bit hungry. Yes. What are you putting in the snack bag? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. How big is a snack bag? <laughs> it's How many snack bags? Has everyone got a snack bag or is it just me? And it's as big as you can carry, okay. I think. Okay. Okay. I love Greek food. Yeah. So there'd be something Greek in there. So maybe some pita bread, some hummus, some tzatziki. As we move on to our final question of this evening, and it is this, Janet. How do you mature in service? Another great question. <laughs> um, I think for me, there's a sense in which this is kind of where the rubber hits the road. We've mentioned the, the training college in Camberwell already and um, there's a 
in one of the quads, you, there's the, there's a stone that says by love. Yeah. Serve. So I think there's, it's all of that stuff. Mm. Um, but I think for, for me that there's a passage of scripture that, that God keeps taking me into, um, you know, sometimes you get kind of scripture that's for a particular moment and it kind of speaks into a specific situation. But this scripture for me, I would say over the last three or four years, um, God just keeps keeps taking me back um, again and again and again into Philippians 2. Mm. And um, it starts, I'm just, I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm just going to read, read a, a couple of verses. And it's, um, therefore, if... You have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. And then we get we get all these instructions yeah. about about how we need to live um, and whose example we need to follow. And I, I just find it really challenging and I think if 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 I if I'm serious about maturing in service it's the power of those kind of if yeah if I want to mature in service then I have to look at scripture like Philippians 2 yeah and understand what that actually means for me in terms yeah. of my attitude and the way I think about other people the way I love other people mm. The way I serve other people, I was going to say it's that simple because it's not simple at all. It's it's hugely challenging, and and you'll know in Philippians two it goes on to speak about Jesus, who being in very nature God did not cut and this and and it goes on yeah and it's it, it's Christ as our servant. So if, if I want to if if I want to mature in service yeah, that's that's the only way I can go. Yeah. What's that look like? I'm going to spend the rest of my life figuring that out, Joe. Like, what does it look like to to be a servant? Yeah. The, I think that there has to be humility in there. I'm smiling. I, I did make some notes as I as I kind of thought about these questions. I'm smiling because I'm looking at another song. I'm thinking of Graham Kendrick's Servant okay. King. Yeah. Last verse. Yeah. So let us learn how to serve and in our lives enthrone him. So I have to... Whatever that means, you can ask me what that. What does that look like? What, what does it look like to enthrone Jesus in my life? Each other's needs to prefer, for it's Christ we're serving. I think I, I think I need to constantly remember that any any hope, any desire, any intention I have to try to live out my calling, whatever that is. <laughs> there's a whole different conversation there, but has to be about remembering that Christ is present. In, in every every person yeah. in this room, and that somehow I have to learn how to respond to what that means appropriately, humbly, mm. authentically. It's really challenging. I'm tempted to say I don't know. Well, you know, the, the, yeah. I, but you, it's, I'm, you, I'm, I'm, you it's a work in pro I yeah. don't know, but it's a work in progress, yeah. and it's and it it will. It will be till the day I stop breathing because it's so profound and so challenging, yeah. but so exciting at the same time. 
So I'm, I am going to push you a bit harder. Okay, go for it. Because I understand that you're still learning and I understand that it's a work in progress. But I also think you have done it and are doing it. So can you give us some examples of where that kind of, where you found that joy in that service, where you've become really aware of Christ in others you were serving, of how you've, like, what those moments where you have gone beyond yourself to give to others. That's how hard that hurts. It is hard, and I think you're finding it particularly hard because you are finding that balance with humility. But I also think there's like really valid experience in the service that you have already given. I think for me, the, the most the most fulfilling Oh no! It's, I can't. I can't boil it down to one thing. I there's something really powerful about being with people when when they're going through really horrible experiences, whether it's grief, loss, whatever, mm-hmm. and just understanding that God doesn't want us to rock up and come out with a load of um, fancy words and oh well, you know, some some profound speech. Mm-hmm. But just sitting with people, yeah, um, crying with people, yeah, letting people know they're not alone. That's maturing in service. I think there's something about it's a whole, you know, John the Baptist. He must become greater when John when John the Baptist sees Jesus. Yeah, he says he must become greater. I must become less. And that's not in a not in a a diminishing way of of kind of thinking. Oh, you know, I'm not this. I'm not that. But actually, you no, know, Jesus I want Jesus to become greater. Yeah. And and I want to get out of the way, get out of the way, and and let not let Jesus like I don't let Jesus do that. Joe, I mean, he does it, but you you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just that kind of no. yeah. And I think that's the balance of the humility, isn't it? It's not it's not going. Oh, I have nothing to offer. It's recognizing not true because that's not true. <laughs> so it's going. Yes, I have something to give. Yes, there is value yeah. in me being there because I believe because that of Jesus, do I represent yeah and because <laughs> Jesus will use me yeah and and it, again earlier I was saying how you know my faith's becoming coming simpler so what you just said I either believe that's true or I don't and if I do if I believe that that's true that transforms every interaction I have with any human being yeah. when my um. A few weeks ago, 19th of July, my dad had a heart attack. Um, he's okay, he's at home, he's recovering. But um, he, he went to the Freeman Hospital in Newcastle, which is a, an amazing hospital. And he was on a ward with some guys. So my dad's just 90. He was on a ward with some guys who were like all early to mid 40s mm. who are in that hospital waiting for a donor heart. Yeah. And I, I like... I'm sorry, I'm I'm struggling to speak because those guys had a really profound impression, like left a a massive impression on me because this, I I had a lovely conversation, I would have several conversations with them, but there was one conversation in particular one day, my dad was asleep in his bed and I'm sat in the ward chatting to these these other guys and they're talking to me about how they feel really conflicted because they're essentially there waiting for someone else's life to go south so that they can get, you know, and like, that's just yeah. overwhelming, isn't it? But we talked about prayer in that moment and I took their names and I sent my friends a message saying, will you pray for these guys? Because yeah. 
they need, like they, they've, they've blessed me and I want you to pray for them because they need it. Yeah. And it's just in those moments where, where, where Christ's with us. And so I have nothing to offer. I have absolutely nothing to offer, but I love Jesus and I know that he's with me. And I know that when, when I'm paying attention to that, yeah. that means that through Christ, I do, I, I'm, oh, I'm struggling to choose the words because I'm yeah. not wanting to say something heretical. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, that, yeah. that Christ in us, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. And I receive it. There were people sat in this room who've, who've been Christ to me yeah. and continue to be Christ to me. Yeah. And and it's not because of fancy words they use. It's because of the depth of their love yeah. and the, their integrity yeah. and who they are. So that's my round the houses way of answering that question. How do, I, how do we mature? How do I mature in service? I don't think that was round the houses. I think that was really helpful. Felt like it was very firmly in the house. And I think, yeah, it's Christ in us and through us and... Christ choosing to use like the way he has created us to be, to show up yeah. our way as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, to show up as we are. Yes. And that's, that's not really a, liberating. Not as a holier version no, of ourselves. No. Not to no. bring nothing of ourselves. I find that hugely liberating, Joe, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Because to try to do anything else is just, it's too much pressure. Yeah. This, this, this is all I've got. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not still gone. I'm like, it still feels like Mr. He, he's forgotten more than I've read in my life. Do you know what, I'm, I'm, you know, do you know what I mean? I could, the, all, these, all these different people who are amazing and, and you can look at it and think, oh, wow. Yeah. But there's a reason why we're all different and because somehow that, that all works and we're getting it together. And it's and there will be people thinking, I'm not Janet Robson. I, I don't. Because of the impact that you've had on them and, it, and that and you feel significant, you know? Can I mention one more thing? Yeah. I'm just thinking about yes, yesterday afternoon I was at the Central and Southern Scotland Summer School uh, Final Festival. As I think about maturing in service, that there has to be something in there about um, encouraging and supporting others to be released in service. Mm -hmm. There were 81 young people at that school. Uh, towards the end of the festival, Gillian and Hannah, who you know, they'd said, oh, can you pray at the end? And I was like, oh, yeah, no bother, that's fine, no problem. And the, what they didn't tell me was that the staff were just going to sing Take My Life and Let It Be over the students. And then I was supposed to pray. That's mean. Right? That, I'll, Anyone I'll who have, knows me. I will have words. Anyone who knows me <laughs> knows that, like, I may have got a little bit emotional in that moment. <laughs> but I stood up and I just looked at these young people. Yeah. And my heart, you know, you just think, what what does God have in mind for them? Like, what what does he intend for them to to be? and to do for him and, and, and what, how, how can I pay attention to my part in yeah. helping enable that? So, so I, think, I think for me about maturing in service, the, there's something in there about the, the, the next generation. There has to be something in there about the next generation and supporting them and cheering them on and prayed for them and loving them. On that night, because it's a brilliant night, we will wrap up our conversation. Okay with me saying thank you so much for sharing your heart, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing all of those things that you've, you've learned and the experience that you've gathered. And, you know, I sit here like one of the many people who has been encouraged and 
inspired by you as you've served in different ways in different spaces. Um, and I'm sure that as people listen to this, there will be people who already know you that go, yeah, that's been my experience too. I hope there will also be people here that will hear will hear something of our conversation and be encouraged and inspired too because I know that I'm genuinely really looking forward to my journey home because of the snack that I'm putting <laughs> in my cup holder but also because of the choices that I've been encouraged by you to make as I try to tune in and lean mm. and lean in mm. I think so thank you thank you very much thank you Jill so that is the end of our conversation and today's episode of the all-terrain podcast but for now thanks so much for listening Thanks so much for joining us on the All Terrain podcast live at the front. We should. So I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. And we'd love for you to join in with this and all of our All Terrain conversations. You can do that on Facebook by heading over there, searching for the All Terrain conversations and joining the group. It's a space to share the things that resonated or challenged, the questions it raised, anything that helps us expand on the wisdom in each episode. I would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying these chats, don't forget to hit the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. This will mean that every episode drops straight into your phone, making sure that you don't miss out. We'd also love it if you could share the podcast across your social media channels and if you're listening on Apple, we'd love it if you could give the show a rating or write us a review. All of those things help the show get heard by even more people. We also have a set of sketch notes that accompany each episode and they can be found in all their brilliance by searching for the All Terrain podcast or clicking the link in the episode description. I'll be back soon with another guest who will be facing the four choices, answering the four questions and sharing their wisdom learnt along the way on the All Terrain podcast. So until then, goodbye and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.